guys, welcome to episode 51 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number 5, oh. my fellow host once turned down an offer to be featured on a card that was inspired by him, not of this world, Big Tuck. Oh. Oh, what's going on? Thank you, that's so kind. Uh, so this is, a, this is a big episode for us, which we'll get into, so I'm going to bring it back to the OG, hey, cats and kittens, Ooh, nice. and also... Ow. I'm coming for you, Jimmy. Oh, and needed also, that one. Suck it, Vorthos. Uh-huh. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm good. Uh, and before we get too far into this, uh, <laughs> no, another quick thing no. here. We are we are enjoying a lovely beverage from Rock Creek Brewing. No. And since we're here, I would like you to participate in this with me and have a little sipsky snooze because this is something I missed very much from being in. Mm. Oh, you don't trust it? Don't trust you? you? Absolutely not. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> the rim was roofied. <laughs> it's their can can tail ale. Typical face Cabo of disgust. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, it's 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 going good, Mr. Cabo. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, it's just like a crazy busy today, busy day today with work and you know editing uh, the video for two weeks ago's bruise and builds for YouTube. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's been all right. You know, I'm, I'm excited this weekend. I have nothing planned and I'm going to keep it that way. Lovely. Uh, cause literally last weekend I drank and partied for like 36 hours straight. Can't do it again. Realized you're over 30 and, and I got a Fitbit and I realized when I drink and do all that stuff, my heart rate just goes through the effing roof and it's just like, Oh God. And then I start getting panicked and then it goes and even then higher goes and then I just die. So actually the Fitbit's helping kill you. Yeah. Wow! It really is. Look at that. That's, that's coming to a promotional material. That, hey, hey, Fitbit, that one's free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> we are trying to kill you. That's your new slogan. Uh, well, as Big Tuck alluded to, um, you know, we've we've had many different guests throughout Brews and Builds. Um, and this is our last episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we finally completed the path to 32. And, and we decided early, early on, because the deck is We'll get to that later. Yeah. It angers me to my core because its name is so misleading. <laughs> but also, don't so that's let's leave all that for later. Yeah, so, you're, you're yeah. fine. But we got the goad here. Hey, uh, you may know him as friend of the cast, Will. Uh, friend of the cast, the goad. Uh, former friend of the cast, Will. Former friend of the cast, Will. Uh, you've had many iterations throughout the yeah. Discord. Yes, I've had very many nicknames. Um, in fact, I tried to keep doing it, and I we found a character limit for how many names you can have for Discord. What was your your original name on the Discord? Was like Squirrel Army four five seven or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just Squirrel. Oh, okay, just Squirrel, yeah, easy enough, plain yeah. and simple. We all yeah. flew, that all flew under the radar. Back in the day when you could get a username that was just like Andy. Yeah, right. Uh, well. Um, I'm excited for it. The fact that we're just getting this color out of the way. The, the fact that we're in person. The fact we are oh, in person. Man, IRL. We need to do this in person. Welcome. Uh, you know, we uh, had some good sense before this, which oh, was nice. Delicious. Yeah, I just always, had a premium brownie. Oh, it's uh, oh, premium, brownie. Premium, premium brownie. And I'm, I'm not talking about the brownies I'm going to eat on my trip here coming up soon. <laughs> but <I'm> wait, <laughs> wait, who is talking right now? Who is this person? Oh, you know, I think it's that Manolith commentary hey. for Rich Gow's record, Sweet McGee. No, you're Wow. Uh, I do. It's three colorless. It comes into play and it taps for any color of mana. Ugh. Trash. Decidedly <laughs> not this deck. <laughs> so a bit of a spoiler alert there for you. Yeah. 
So how are you? I'm all right. <laughs> dead, dead there. GD. Oh, if you guys want to find other ways to support us and all this, what I call grade A Waigu content, oh, uh, you should head over and hook up our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. They sell all the magic accessories you need. They also sell the CMD Tower play mats and mat sleeves. Uh, they also do have a TCG player store, so if that's kind of your jam. But basically, go hook them up because they're the ones that supply us with those monthly giveaways. Uh, which are always really sweet and appreciative. Another way to support the show is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. And we have several different pledge levels and rewards vary from just getting access to the Discord to where you can evolve from squirrel to goad. Uh, <laughs> or even getting uh, the Mr. Common number five reminder token, the Big Tuck Monarch token, or even the Squee McGee sitting tight coin because everyone loves to just sit around and do nothing. Hey, uh, hey I caused the trend. But Welcome. if you can't help us out financially, you could just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective really does help and of course every episode we want to give a big shout out to pink royal the music they provide in the beginning and the end and make sure you guys stay tuned till the end so you get details on how you can win our one year anniversary gift it's a mystery draft kit for four supplied yeah, by yeah, yeah, yeah. so bruise and builds is our deck deck series it's all about the decks that big tuck our guests and i have in our path to 32 each episode we're going to talk about one of those path to 32 decks but in a cool manner of brewing beers so we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's going to be ramp and kind of setting your board state. That's grains. Yes, and grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then the next one's going to be how does your board hand interact with all of your opponents and kind of what their game plan is? We can't, we kind of relate that to hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitterness and herbal and floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands, help distinguish subcategories like this single hop, Canuke. Ooh. Pale mm. um, our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. The next thing is going to be what apparently the deck today we're talking about doesn't want to accomplish because it's, <laughs> I, I'll get into it in a minute. But uh, how does your deck actually win? We relate that to yeast. And yeast are micro. I looked at Will. I was like, okay. <laughs> or I looked at the goat or whatever. Uh, You'll edit it out. Yeah, that's staying in. Uh, yeast are microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. That's alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, to be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then lastly, in our deck building, sometimes those are these outlier cards that don't really have a home. Um, these could be just interesting synergies, ones that loosely fit into the deck. Uh, we kind of relate that to a spice package. And not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout, or addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to seal the deal on the episode, we have a bottle capping. These are going to be big tucks, the goads, and eyes, cuts, and recommendations to the deck that are under 5 bucks, under $50, and a personal recommendation that actually has no budget. Only restriction is no mana-only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. So today, we're talking Emrakul, the promised Friendship? It's not friendship! <laughs> also, we have finally done it. We are done with all the colors. So, time to freaking celebrate. 
Oh my god! Oh, you're gonna bust that window. There it is. Alright, we got some champagne here. We got some uh, party streamers there. Oh, they still make a noise. So, oh. Those are so sad. Oh, That's baby. a sad one. Yeah. And then finally, for the kings of content. We have some lovely tires here that Jesus. are glittered. So there's four of them. So Will, you can take this home and then just immediately throw it away. Uh, we got it one here. On our heads. We got, it's gonna be tight. We got one here for the best audio engineer, oh. the best fellow host, the best I don't even know, and Ooh. also for the best big talk. So here we go. We finally did it. I'm so excited. We don't ever have to worry about worrying about freaking color combinations ever again. We got them all the way. Brea suck it. This deck suck it. Way more of the champs. So that's all. That's all I got. It's a very exciting time here at uh, at CMD Tower. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, Goad, why do you claim this is a friendship deck? Why do you blatantly lie to the American people? <laughs> I want to point out that I never once said this is a friendship deck. I have, however, said it is the friendliest deck in our playground. I no, think that's one, one in the same, sir. One in the same. I'm with your combo on this. It is absolutely <laughs> not the friendliest deck in our playground. Name one more friendly. <laughs> oh, I don't know, like a gazillion of mine? <laughs> Name one. Uh, I was going to say Nekazar. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. I can do this. Um, I guess my, like, Maze's End, that has, like, some things where people can draw. Yeah. It's not this deck! Xerus! <laughs> there we go. Little bubbly for you? Little, little bubs? Oh, man. Uh, not not your normal Zero. style bubs either. These are uh, the, the so, champagne so, well, bubbles. Why don't, you, why don't you walk us through a little bit about what, what we yeah, got going on here? Why don't you go here? and read what Emmercool is, and then kind of explain why you chose A, to do a colorless deck, because you only have 15 decks. Correct. And so usually colorless would be like one of the last ones people pick, because you got like four commanders to pick from. Um, and how you got to this build. All right, so to start off, let's just go ahead and read Emmercool. So Emmercool, The Promised End, is a 13-13 for 13. A lot of 13s there. <laughs> and uh, she has Flying, Trample, and Protection from Instance. She can cost one less for each card type among card types in your graveyard. And whenever you cast her, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. And then after that turn, they get another turn. So I'm just giving you guys a free turn out of no, the No, you're not. You're taking our turn. <laughs> <laughs> giving a free turn, hey, he says. No, no, you don't understand. We're just, f we're sharing no! the first one. <laughs> not when you force Big Tuck to hit me in no, the face not, not with a 15-15 <laughs> in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that was uh, decidedly less. Uh, now, that game did have to end. And so if we're looking through the deck itself, we talked about this on Tuesday. 33 grain. Yep, 38 land, 16 hop, uh, maybe uh, the lowest ratio we've seen of nine yeast cards, and then a few three spices, which granted there's not a lot to work with in yeah. these particular color combinations. Yeah, and well... I mean, I guess you could put a manolith in there. Oh, very true. Oh, true. Yeah. Hey, I don't hey, know what I'm thinking. Card. Card. <laughs> Let me change my bottle There's, there's really always quick. room. But, I mean, we'll get into that more when uh, we get to the grains. But, again, she is a 13-mana card right. to play her. So, you kind of need to ramp up to that. Yeah, part. but I, I always feel like with Emmercruel, I, I run her in the 99 of my colorless deck, Cosmic the Great Distortion. She never, I feel, costs 13. No. I usually feel like she costs around 9. Mm -hmm. 9 to 10 is about that sweet spot. Because you'll probably have a land in there. Because a lot of colorless, you're cracking lands to go put yep. in the graveyard. Probably have a creature because someone's gotten rid of something big and scary you had. You'll probably have an artifact. 
artifact. Bare True. minimum, yeah. you'll have those three. The sorcery is an instance is where it gets a little fuzzy because there's think, not a I lot think, of I options. I think there's four options. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of options. <laughs> and, and even same thing with Planeswalkers. I think mm. there's four options. <laughs> yeah, right? so, five. Five. Yeah, there's, yeah, five. there's uh, Karn Liberated, Karn Where's the Great Creator. There's three Karns and two Ugans. Oh, are that. There we yeah, go. There we go. We did it. Short and sweet. <laughs> but as far as backstory goes, I'm sorry, I keep getting off track. Uh, you, so you right I actually really like Colorless as a color, like, as a, like a deck idea. It's, you know, it was a unique challenge to me. Uh, the first time I did it was with Karn, the original Karn, uh, okay. back before oh, sure. Wastes were actually created. Mm-hmm. So And ruined our no lives. No basic lands. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to rebuild a Colorless deck. So, you know, I went to the... Went to the drawing board, pulled up Karn first, and kind of went, you know, been there, done that. Let's yeah. get that guy out of here. Uh, the Kozilek that you mentioned, the Great Distortion, that one was actually, when I was building this deck, it was extremely popular at the time, because that right. was around the time that uh, the Command Zone guys did their game nights. And, oh, yeah, yeah of and course. Ashland Rose. Yeah, and Ashland just ran train on the table yeah. with uh, with Kozilek. So Ups, I'm like, you know, it's upsetting. a little bit too popular. We'll, we'll go out, out I mean, it that. sounds like you should beat Jimmy, so. Oh, I do like that. Yep. If you haven't watched that, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. There were some there were some shenanigans. She, she did some awesome counter spells with like eight CMC and nine. Oh CMC. really? Yeah, right. it was great. So that left me with two options to consider. Uh, the first one was Hope of Gearper, which yeah. I mean that's a pretty the hog. The, Get on the hog. <laughs> and you know, putting some swords on some you know on a creature and bashing doesn't seem like that much fun to me. Sure. But, you know, everybody has their. But you can get into the thing where it's like, how does a ship wear boots and six swords and like plate mail? So, well, you just so tape them to the side. One thing that we did glance over is you didn't talk about uh, Cosmic Butcher of Truth, the Ulamogs. So why didn't oh. you go that direction? Uh, well, with uh, the Cosmic Butcher of Truth, with those two, I really like having the opportunity to cast them and like have them reshuffle back into my deck mm. if I can, if that becomes an issue later. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And also, it came down to the fact that I just, I liked Emrakul a little bit more, because I felt like I can do some unique things with it. So whenever I'm building a deck, I usually try to ask myself a question as far as, like, what the deck needs to do. Okay. So uh, everybody, you know, has their deck idea in their head. So with Emrakul, the original question was, how can I completely mess up my opponents? But that that seemed a little too narrow, some stacks. So Emrakul, since Emrakul's ability technically gives a player two turns... I decided to well, change it. Does it? <laughs> I, think, I think it technically gives player half a turn. Hey, you got to hit him twice. That was, so I also have this deck, and mine's a little more Eldrazi focused, which I think is one of the reasons why this deck outperforms it every time I see it. <laughs> so, you know, figure that one out. Um, but yeah, like, how many times have you. Okay. This is a loaded question, and I think I already know the answer, but how many times have you done this where it's actually, you've taken someone's turn and it's actually helped them? I can think of a few times it's happened, but once in recent memory was, okay. uh, it was me, Mr. Combo, I know Dan was in there, okay. and there was, I, I can't even think of who the other person was, but... Um, I mean, we with were, Mr. Combo and Dan in the game, you gotta do something mean. <laughs> yep. And I just played Emrakul and said, alright, Mr. Combo, together we're gonna kill Dan. Ah, gotcha. And, uh... But that's kind of what you guys did to me the other night. But then you end up always on top. Right. I didn't end up winning that one because yeah. you did. Because yeah. I get put you ahead. Sounds uh, like the deck's working great. Yeah. So that goes into my the two questions, the two things I want the deck to do. It's like how can I okay. uh, support my opponents and and while also getting myself to the end game to try and actually win. And then uh, the last question is: If I can't win, can I play Kingmaker? 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So those are the two things that I really wanted to do with the deck. And I have been actually really satisfied with how it's come together so far. Awesome. Well, that's exciting to hear. Uh, I'm never happy to see this deck. It's not because I don't <laughs> like the deck. It's just saying it's the friendliest deck in our playgroup. It's a blatant lie. Um, and for interpretation, like, like if anything, the friendliest deck in our playgroup is Vehicle Tribal because it does nothing. Uh, I also heard Taco Bell's pure beef. What? Is that a bit? I mean, it's gotta be a bit. Okay. <laughs> the deck's supposed to be friendly. Taco Bell's supposed to be pure beef. They tell you it's delicious. Oh, it's not. Okay. All right. Get your shit together, guys. Get your shit together. As tarantula exit. Uh, so, you know, when we kind of look at the CMC, hold your butt Whoa. cheeks. The second highest, I think. <laughs> Ooh, I, th- I, the, think Jota's, Jota's, I think Jota's. I think was like six, right? Okay, yeah, four, eight, one. <laughs> but here's the thing: Jota at least discounts spells to five. There is no discounting in here. This is not big lots. <laughs> this is straight like Armani. They're paying full price most of the time. And maybe sometimes there's a store-wide sale Outlet where the mall. whole table gets a little bit of a discount. Sure. But yeah, 481, holy banana hammock. A lot of, lot of 11s and 12s. With that being said, though, I will say that your mana, the pie of it, nailed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't have asked for a better mana source. I'm glad you guys said that because I was kind of worried about it when I was building the deck. So I'm glad it turned out all right. <laughs> Reverse bits. How dare you? How dare you? This is a 92 Honda. How dare you? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, let's get into the deck. Uh, let's start with the Rampant Grain, Bill. Goad, you're the guest. This is your deck. You're completing our path to 32. Why don't you start us off? What is the first ramp Grain card you would like to talk about? All righty. So I thought I'd start off strong and talk about one of my favorite cards in the deck. Uh, it's a four drop. It's an artifact, and it's called Gearper Ori. Oh, wait a yeah. minute. I got caught up here. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I got excited. But Gear Per Ori does two things, if I can speak. The first is each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. Helping me play my lands, helping my opponents play their lands, being an all-around friendly guy. Sure. And then the second ability is at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in his or her hand, that player draws three cards. So that's really useful to me because I like it. I'm in colorless, so I, you, you know... I'm usually the primary beneficiary from that type of ability. <laughs> There's not a lot of card draws in there, but you know, it gives my opponents the ability to, you know, play extra lands and it seems to them like it's a conditionless advantage, uh, sure. advantage, but I'm also playing this stuff as well, helping myself get to those, you know, really expensive cards that I, you know, have a lot of. <laughs> See, I just thought of the perfect analogy for this deck. This deck is like the U S government. There's a lot of stuff peppered in where it's like, oh, we're helping you out. We're giving you a coronavirus like stimulus relief oh, sure. fund. But then what you don't realize is the other half is they're taking 40% of your paychecks, <laughs> also charging a sales tax out the wazoo, and then you got to pay vehicle tax, and you got to pay homeowners insurance tax, and there's just all these taxes left tax. and right, but hey, stimulus check. Yeah, right. We're friendly. friendly. Go buy, go buy to $100 worth of cards, which is what most people I know that got it, got did it with. Yikes. Uh, so I like, I think Gearport Ori is one of those cards where it is... There's another card that does very similar called like Rights of Flourishing, which I think everyone draws a card and everyone can play a land, right? Land, yeah. So this one, you're there's 
you, there's like very little card draw inherently in these colors outside of like a gazillion artifacts that you run. So you out of anyone will likely have, will likely get down to the bottom of having zero cards faster than anyone else. So I agree with you where like one part of this is gonna be fairly symmetrical, but then the other part, like you said, you're really gonna get the benefit out of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a card, honestly, I don't see played that often, no. which is very shocking. I, don't, I wonder if it's because it costs four and I think rights is three. Yes, and um, most of the decks that most of the decks that are like mazes end that really care about as many extra land effects you can. Yeah, there's there's much cheaper options and like ones that are just symmetrical to you. So I think that's probably why. Fair, um, but also at fifty four cents, give or take. I don't know why you wouldn't run this now. The big question is we always talk about how white and red struggle and Boros struggles to ramp. Would you run this in those decks just in case if you have the extra few lands in your hand? Because you would think you would probably run a higher land count in mm -hmm. those colors. So now, hey, gear poor Ori, get it out turn four, and now I can play another land. And it's a fake way to ramp. Yeah, I think it's definitely a worthy addition in a lot of decks, like especially those, you know, red and white ones that you mentioned that don't have as much card draw. Um, you know, you're playing, especially in red and white, their stuff is really low costing, mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. really efficient. You play a lot of stuff and then you're out of cards in your hand and, you know, and you could draw a few extra cards, play a couple extra lands and, you know. I just think it's a really good card. Like yeah. you said, it's 50 cents. So I think it, I I want to see it a lot more. I love this card. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I will take the next one. And I really like this card. It is the epitome of this deck. I made it one of my commitments to show how unfriendly this deck <laughs> truly is. Uh, and this card is one that looks friendly, but really it's not. Gate to, to the, the Aether. getting weird down here. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, all right. that's a lot of, that's it's a lot fine, of, guys, there's no windows, no windows. All right. I'm going to read the title in the CMC. You read the type and you got to read the text. Oh, uh, <laughs> to the Aether. Cost six colorless. Damn it. It's an artifact. From what set? Mirrodin. What rarity? Rare. Pretty good. Nailed it. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you had to look it up. It's yeah. 279. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player reveals the top card of his or her library. If it's an artifact, creature, enchantment, or land card, that player may put it into play. So, I like this card in this deck because, as made mentioned previously, I believe there are six targets of, of things that don't fit that in these <laughs> colors. Um, so, you will likely always get the benefit out of it. Um, and if you get into some of the heater Eldrazi's that you did keep in here, that can be such a huge swing on turn three or four when you're up to six man already with all the mana rocks. Yep. Um, there is, I, so this card, this is interesting. I think the only thing that they haven't made in colorless yet is an enchantment. Huh? Cause I, I think you're right. I don't think there is one because they're effectively artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> colorless enchantments. So I think that'd be kind of cool to see going future. But again, like the, up, I, and like most of these cards that are the friendly cards, you always run the upside of someone getting the more value out of it than you. But again, considering the deck that you have and the sort of resources that you're playing with, that's probably going to be unlikely. Yeah. No, this card's great. Like I, I love resolving it. Um, I remember one time I was playing at one of the games uh, at Magic Fest OKC back when we could, you know, go outside. Right. Um, <laughs> we could go outside. <laughs> and I was playing and I played it and everybody just picked it up to read it. And like, people were like, oh, really cool. And then they, you know, look and they go, oh, I got a, I got a Sun Titan. I got a, I got a this. And I got, oh man, this is a sorcery. And then I went, okay, well, um, I got an Ulamog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Come on, right in. So yep. if we're going to my bit, uh, you forgot one of the most powerful enchantments there is. 
it's an enchantment aura. Eldrazi Conscription. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, about that. Yeah, of course. 10, 10, Annihilator, yep. 2, and Trample. Woof. Uh, Pretty good right off So the I, I really, really like this card. Like, I like it a lot. Um, now, the only thing I do wish you had in the deck, and I get it, it's some dollars, um, is I think for this card to really benefit you, because you really only have, I'm going to call it five like real heaters off the top that aren't just like graining and kind of helping value, me out sure, a little yeah. bit yeah because i think i feel like i feel like with this card in this deck you're the one that's like i hope i flip the uh Kozilek mm-hmm. or the ulamog you're not like i hope i flip a hedron archive right yeah. <laughs> um so i think if you had like a and i don't know if this is in any of your guys cuts so sorry if i ruined it but like i said say it's divining top oh not uh <laughs> so i think if you had more top deck manipulation stuff that would even be better because mm-hmm. now it's like you have it out it comes to your upkeep trigger and it's like oh they're gonna let me do this Pay one. You fools. Let, let's reorder because <laughs> right. I know that I had this there. Um, I think that could actually be really, really yeah. cool. Or if it, it does end up being something that, because, yeah, you just reveal it. And if it's not that permanent, it doesn't even come out. So it could be, oh, man, it's a Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Let me tap Sissé's top, draw that Planeswalker, put the top on top. Then the top can just come free. right yeah, back right, out. Right. Uh, that would kind of take it to the next level. Sure. But if this is a card. That on its face, with your propaganda that you're spilling, which isn't in the deck, uh, it looks friendly. I'm helping everyone, but more likely or not, you're getting some disgusting nine drop out of it, and uh, everyone else is getting a mana rock. And yeah, I mean, even if I hit a Thrawn Dynamo off of it, that still feels pretty good. Sure. (laughs) Well, Tuck, you got one left. What is it? So this is a card that I have I have had a very love hate relationship with, and it works in this deck because it's colorless. Um, but I thought we could just kind of talk about it as like a whole from a, like a, a more broad idea. So I want to talk about a staff. Is this you? No. Oh, okay, good. I'm <laughs> kidding. Okay. So uh, I want to talk about a staff of uh, cartoons. So staff of Nin. So six drop. Because uh, what's it? Secrets of Nin. Is that a or maybe it's them. Anyways, six Ch- drop. Chuck get it. Six, six, yeah, six, <laughs> six colorless for an artifact. It's a rare. You have the most expensive printing, which I believe is a buck seventy nine. It's a Friday Night uh, Magic foil. So at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card, which is good. Then you can tap it and ping a target creature or player. Six mana to draw a card. It seems rough, right? So again, I think this works in decks where there's really no other option to draw, and in colorless, there's. The argument could remain. Um, and and the one damage can kind of come into play if you're trying to slow in someone else down, like ping off a bird, ping off an elf, that sort of stuff. But I do we all agree that by the point this comes out, unless unless you're like ramping like crazy or cheated into player somehow, that one damage is probably fairly negligible, right? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Do we agree with that? Yeah. Yep. Unless so, it's been errated to any target. Because uh, that could help planeswalkers. I it should be because it's creature or player. So I'm guessing that is any target. Okay. Um, the only time I've seen this is in decks where it gives their uh, artifacts like Death Touch, like sure. Sidri, Gilvanic Genius. This is pretty much like locked down the board. But I, I think it's still good in this deck just because there are so much limited options. It is any target. Now. Is it? Okay. So, um, but like I just didn't know as a whole because this was a card back when I was playing more Battle Cruiser style that I was like running in like any really? kind of artifact deck. Yeah, back way back in the day. Um, I don't think time's been particularly great to it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And honestly, like I, I like I said, I'm cutting it. I can see why you have it in here, because like you said, 
we're limited by colorless. <laughs> yep. so you kind of need every option you can in here. Um, I just think the like Tuck said it perfectly. The card hasn't aged well. Mm-hmm. It did not age like a fine wine. It aged like a broken down hooker. <laughs> Fair enough. So I just want, like I said, it's kind of a boring card to talk about. I just want to talk about for a minute commentary. So, uh, Mr. Combo, you got one more in you too, right? I guess I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, this card, I, I, I find it very funny. And you don't have it in here, but the, oh, no, you do. So I won't get into that but sometimes it it feels bad and colorless when you finally do get a lot of cards in hand and then you have to discard mm. that doesn't feel great and so i really like this card anvil of bogarden yeah yeah two colorless <laughs> artifact from visions yes yes okay very good uh each player skips his or her discard phase which is great and that's what i was kind of mentioning like nothing feels worse than in colorless or say even if you missed your land drop and you're like i got like Five mana rocks at all costs three. Like, I could go off so hard. Right. I just, now I'm going to have to start losing good stuff. So that's fantastic. But it also says during each player's draw phase, that player draws an additional card and then has to choose and discard a card. And that's also huge because, you know, you'll play this, you won't have to discard, but then it immediately goes to your opponents. And yes, they get to draw two, but now they're going to have to discard one. And what if literally they had no cards in hand? It's like, yes, two cards, but it's like, I have to lose one of these now. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Or they were saving a counter spell or something like that. It puts them in a very awkward spot. And this actually play. This also does double duty in this deck because now you can start filling up your graveyard for Emrakul to cost go down. Oh, yep. There we go. I didn't even think of that. And uh, this card's also great because it's a slice of magic history. It's on the reserved list and coming in at a cool $26. Wow. Yeah. Like, good, good call on the visions. It's it's only a V is the symbol. It's well, I didn't know if it, like, maybe it was like 5th edition, if they went like Roman numerals. But I know they did that for 6th edition, I yes, believe. Yes, they did. Very good. So, yeah. No. But uh, glad we're all in agreement and I learned a little bit. Yeah. It's a good day. Good call. Great call. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the rampant grain bill. Now we're going to head to the board state and hot profile. Tuck, why don't you start this one? What's your first one you want to talk about? Uh, so this card is a card that I really like, but in reality, I am starting to hate it a big time. Yeah, we are. <laughs> are, we, are we the same thing? Three, two, one. Shadow Sphere. Yeah. Oh, card's just great. Is love this it. yours too or no? No, but I love it. I am starting to get extraordinarily sour on this card. Um, so I will read the outside and Mr. Ah. Kelly read the inside, but I will read the flavor text or attempt to. It's very hard on this tiny screen. Zoom in. Uh, uh, Wear your glasses. Shadow Spear is a one-drop legendary artifact equipment from uh, Theros Beyond Death. It's currently sitting at about $8, which is starting to climb. Um, a weapon of darkness for Warrior of Light. Ooh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, so equipped creature gets plus one, plus one. It has trample and lifelink. Uh, equip cost for two, and then you can pay one at any time. Permanent your opponent's control, lose hexproof and indestructible till end of turn. At least be thankful that they made it legendary. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> even constructed formats? If you could have four of these on the battlefield, oh at the same my god, time, it's, it's or in Commander, we make free copies of stuff left and right. That would be terrible. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Um, I, so. Question for the group. This is just better than... We all agree this is better than Loxodon Warhammer, right? Yes. yes it has yeah. to be, right? Yeah. Um, so I think where it's frustrating to me, or I mean, I don't have a copy yet, so I'm, you know, not there. Um, the If it was just that, if it was just that discount and the low cost and everything... 
to equip, that would be fine. But then you staple on this completely unnecessary ability <laughs> that can hose so many different kinds of decks. Yep. So I know, Mr. Combo, you're starting to run this more often. I mean, I have one copy in my Greven deck. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is something that I think when it dips below four, which it probably will dip once it rotates it's out. So, I mean, it's going to be a year and a half, uh, so right. it's not going to be anytime soon. But once it dips below four, I'll probably buy ten copies. It's it's so good. Like, I mean, I consider this right there with Lightning Greaves and Swiftfoot Boots mm -hmm. on... I should just have this in the deck no matter what. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's especially if it's like we've talked about a lot top down. Right. Yep. If you're if you're having a commander that has something, just being able to get the in, that incidental and be able to take stuff away from your opponents so great. Well, and and goat, I'm curious your thoughts. Even if you don't care about the top down, <laughs> just being able to activate the one, the permanents lose indestructible and hexproof. I mean, how many people just run rest in peace mm -hmm. just to have some graveyard hate? Sweet this could up. be your potential. <laughs> Hexproof, indestructible right. hate where I need to board wipe and Mr. Combo's playing his god deck. I mean, this is a good card that even if you don't put it on a creature. No, this card, like, sometimes I just cast it just to keep it there because there are a lot of cards, like uh, the two Ulamogs uh, come to mind immediately. It's mm -hmm. just, you you can just destroy something, remove something, and it's, I mean, it's permanent so your opponent's control. Yeah. Lose that stuff. So it is an you're, extremely... Oh man, you're absent angel of hope? Don't care. <laughs> Let's get that out of here. <laughs> so, uh oh, you were like, uh -oh. Mr. Kamo said that you could play it against my god deck, and then I was like, oh yeah, but I guess you have to pay like five to target all of them. No, it's one. It's <laughs> <This is> upsetting. <laughs> this card is so it's good. Bonkers. Every individual piece of text on this is just something that this deck really yeah. wants. Trample is really good for the yeah. Titans to bash through, get some damage in, because I mean... Kozilex, Ulamogs, they're big, but they don't have any evasion, mm -hmm. but now they have Trample. Lifelink, as we... Yeah, you were game, pretty much out of that game yeah. <laughs> until you gained 20, 30 or something like that. Yeah, like, when after that, I, I went down to literally single digits. You know, my heart was racing really fast, but then two two attacks later, I'm back up to 30. Yeah, so that was... <laughs> That was really good. Your heart was racing really fast, then you checked your Fitbit, and then started racing even faster. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's uh It's, it's called those slow guys. pips. Well, uh, since we aligned on that, Goad, why don't you go next? What's your first hop card? Okay, so this was a card I was really kind of expecting uh, Mr. Combo to talk about, but I definitely didn't want to leave it to be unmentioned. It's a Planeswalker. It's a six drop. It's Ugin the Ineffable. Love the Ineffable. Yep. Yep. This card <laughs> does literally everything that I want to do in this deck. It's static ability makes things cost two less. Yep. Uh, it's uh, plus one makes a blocker and draws me, well, draws me a card, quotey fingers. And then it's negative three is a spot removal. So yeah. like I said, it just does everything you want right. this deck to do and it's kind of unassuming so it comes in and i i usually get to make like two maybe three creatures sure. and something that you kind of alluded to earlier with the deck being really top heavy is sometimes those early turns are uh a rough <laughs> so getting those little two twos out there to protect me yep. to, to just it's just a it's just a really good card in this deck card's phenomenal yes uh I have a hard time. I don't have a bunch of copies of it, which is why I don't have it in more decks. But when I'm building a deck, it's always a card that does come up. And I'm like, 
do I want to get a copy? Because right now they're $3. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, I'm it's not like I'm trying to buy the OG Ugin, which you have the special foil at $90. <laughs> right. uh, we're talking three bucks. Right. Um I will I will say this though, when I have cast this, if people have seen it played in standard, like for example, oh, the Duffman, they're immediately like I cast this it. once and I think I was playing my colorless deck, which just does nothing. And Duff <laughs> was like, I'm sorry. I have to kill you because I know how good that card is. <laughs> That's like, come on! This isn't standard! Yeah, right. All right. Well, Tuck, what is your last? Up? What, what is my last one? So, I, this, there's not that many of them in here. So, I had, I thought it was remiss to not talk about one of the other Eldrazi's. Um, this is not a legendary, although with the price, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this is insane. We are talking about It That Betrays. So coming in at eighteen dollars, which is insane. It's an amazing card. It is an amazing card. Uh, but coming in at a cool twelve CMC, uh, it is a eleven eleven creature Eldrazi Annihilator two. So for those who don't know how Annihilator mechanic works, it is horrendously broken and one of the most depressing things ever in the entirety <laughs> of the game. Uh, when this creature attacks, defending player sacrifices two permanents. Not on combat. Not anything. Just got to bit him. Um, and then it gets even worse. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non-token permanent, put that card onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, your pleas for death shall go unheard. Bleak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a card that, honestly, I've considered just throwing in my Shirai deck, even though it literally doesn't fit. But if I land that, I'm going to sack everything. You're going to sack everything. I'm yep. going to get all your stuff. If you run anything that even remotely has sack outlets... And it's going to make your opponents do sacking, like right. which are Malakir type of effects. If that betray should be an auto include, it's it's insane. And like, it would be nice if they were making this card fun and fair. It would say like non land or creature that sacrifices, and then you get it back. But no, it's literally any Anything. permanent. So you're going to get at least two. And if you stack this up with the other annihilators, which guess what. On a bunch of Eldrazi, uh, it really becomes backbreaking. So again, the twelve mana drop makes this kind of hard to get to. But again, you run the mana reducers and all that jazz in here yep. as well. I did have uh, a game that I played again, one of the Magic Fests. Uh, I had Gate to the Ether out against a Corvold player and oh, went, uh, hit the betrays, and he's like, "Well, <laughs> I guess that's, I guess, I guess, yeah, that's, I guess it. that's it." I'm like, "Well, that's just free real estate." And an interesting rule piece: if you sack it, your commander. The that betray player gets your commander. Oh, right now. No, period. It has always been that way because it's on the sack ability. Oh. It never even goes to the graveyard or has a chance to. As soon as the sack, boom, if that betrays triggers on the stack and it takes it. Wow. Tech. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that had happened to me when... Oh, this uh, ha no, wait, oh that happened to Yeah, <laughs> old friend of the cast, Raphael... He had an If That Betrays in his uh, green Omnath deck. Oh, right. And we got all confused about it because we were all like, no, I can put it to the command zone. And he's like, no, I get your commander. And it's like, well, you don't know rules very well, so let's look it up. And I was like, oh, no, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was also an It That Betrayed Real Cards. Uh, I mean, at the time, it might not have been an 18. It might have been like a $5 card. Yeah. It's only recently been expensive. Right. Uh, so, well, my last one is a card that I run in my Eldrazi deck. And I actually love this card. So we talked about Staff of Nen and how one damage, is that really worth it? This is a card that actually, I think that one damage is worth it. So we're talking about Endbringer. This card is yes. really good, yes. Uh, so hold on, it's five colorless waste, because that's <laughs> Diamond. important. Diamond. Diamond, shine bright like one. Uh, oh. It's a creature Eldrazi, it's a rare, it's a five five. Um, here's a cool thing, it has three, it's basically a Planeswalker. Yep. Uh, 
Tap, Endbreaker deals one damage to target any target. Diamond tap or waste tap, target creature can't attack or block this turn. Double waste, tap, draw a card. And you're like, well, why is this better than Staff of Nin? Well, because it says untap Endbreaker during each other player's untap step. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. I, I, I think you bring up a great point that this is just, if you think about it, this is the same thing as Staff of Nin on a creature that's yep. a 5-5. Five, five. That's almost on curve. Yeah. Plus all this other stuff. So yeah, it's it's insane. Um, what's like? Have you do you have any like crazy memories with this of how you just got insane value or uh, nothing? You know, you just look at the card itself and you see oh it untaps and you know at the worst case scenario you're shooting a player for one mm -hmm. at, or sometimes you can interact with your opponent's board like uh, right. like if Squee has a creature he wants to attack Big Tuck but you know we are just like oh okay we'll just. Uh, Pay one and make it so that your creature can't block his attackers. Right, so right, right. It's it's just it's one of those free value cards. It's just well, not free, but like easy value sure. cards that just it's just a it's just a good card. Also, yeah. has there ever been a time when this was a dead card where you drew it and it didn't work out? <laughs> That's a drink. <laughs> uh, so I actually I have a cool story. I don't remember what game it was, but I actually I did have an Embringer out. And a lot of times the way my Eldrazi deck goes is I'll play the land, I'll do my mana rocks. And I'll have like six mana or seven mana, but I'm still two or three away from casting my commander. So it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to pass because I have nothing else to do. And so Endbringers come in clutch then because it's like, okay, well, you didn't really do anything this turn. So I'm going to pay two, draw a card, untap. I still got a bunch of mana left over. Oh, you're going to swing. Well, hey, I'll, how about this? If you swing at them, I'll make it to where their creatures can't block you. Ah, there you go. Right. And so I've started kind of wheeling and dealing with it. Um, or, you know, hey, Breeze gets played for the 18th time. I'll just ping Except, it down. Yep. Um, and again, like, if, and this also is like um, Voltron insurance mm -hmm. as well, where it can't attack you. So overall good. So uh, real quick, because this is the only time we're ever going to hopefully ever talk about this on the cast. Do you guys know how Waste originally started? No. So back in the day, they wanted to do a six color. <gasps> Fourth is nerd. I, uh, yeah. This is more a game design nerd. Okay. But still also. <laughs> oh, is this is this like the elusive purple color? This, this, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what it was, right? And they did create a waste card. And what's crazy is they they used the art that became Reliquary Tower oh. on the original waste. And then they reused that card for Reliquary Tower, hmm. which is a much better waste. <laughs> and a card that's amazing. So anyway, it's just a little slice of magic history, if you will. All right. Well, uh, Goad, bring us home. I think you got one more left. Yep. Uh, so the last card I want to talk about is uh, Silent Arbiter. So Silent Arbiter, for those of you who don't Classic. know, it's a, it is another really good card. Like My deck is very, very tall. It goes very mm -hmm. tall. So uh, Silent Arbiter is a... 1-5. It's a 1-5 for 4 mana from 5th Dawn. And uh, no more than one creature can may attack each combat. And no more than one creature can block each combat. I think it's also from Commander 20. The CMD Tower preview card! <laughs> Wait, here we go. I got it. Is that a horribly accurate CMD Tower preview? Uh, yeah. I mean... <laughs> you're, just like, you're just like punching the I'm microphone. I'm like, maybe this will come through. You can hear like the... <laughs> <laughs> well, don't Anyways, try and break it. I need this. Uh, and it's interesting enough, second week in a row we've talked about this card, but I think that shows how, how universal it really can be when it comes to decks that aren't trying to, like, go wide. It's like, Nekuzar is nothing like this deck, but Silent Arbiter are key pieces in each one. Yeah, and that's one of the big weaknesses of my deck. It's super vulnerable to when people just go 
real wide early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe if their name's Duff and they've got a ton of goblins, or if they're Squee and they got a ton of elves, or or, or your just, name is Duff and you have a ton of dragons. <laughs> or your name is Duff and you got all you know. Yeah, or your name is Duff and I'm gonna kill you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> My only real complaint about Silent Arbiter is that it's uh, it always hits everybody, period. I kind of wish it was only one creature can attack you each oh, combat. Oh, gotcha. Kind of like how Miri Weatherlight Duelist Yeah, does. so it's a little bit less... Uh, a little bit less like clear on the board or less assuming but you know it's it does do a really good job of protecting me only getting bashed for by one creature is a lot better <laughs> than getting bashed by 30 usually so it's a great card i really like it it's one of the cards i really like to draw and uh, sometimes even really need to draw yeah right makes sense all right guys well i think that's gonna wrap up the hot profile now we're gonna head over to how this deck wins and quote unquote the friendliest way uh, I will start this off with a card that is quote-unquote friendly by when he casts Emrakul and takes your turn, and you should get an extra turn, but then you no longer get an extra turn. Uh, let's go on the trace. Uno, dos, trace. Ugin's Nexus! I want to point out that uh, last week when me and you were kind of briefly talking about the cast and I said there's one card you're definitely going to pick and there's no <laughs> way you're not going to pick it, it was Ugin's Nexus. Uh, no, no, F this card. F it hard. I believe you're in his head. F. F. Uh, it's five colorless legendary artifact mythic. Uh, go, Tuck. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I'll read the flavor text. All at once, Sarkin's mind fell silent. Okay, you can Ooh. go. Oh, thank you. Um, if a player would begin an extra turn, that player skips that turn instead. Um, if Ugin's Nexus would be put into a graveyard from the battlefield, instead exile it and take an extra turn after this one. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I am wondering... So you guys know this better than I do, right? But like, is this a potential? And this is—I know—I think I already know the answer, but it's stupid. But if you're trying to make like a goofy CEDH deck, could this potentially have a potential home in it because there is so many extra turn stuff? Or is it just—is that just me losing my mind? Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah let's no. go with that one. Uh, a it costs too much for what it does. Yeah. Uh, B it's an artifact, so it's easily removable. <laughs> C it does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this so. I also run this in my Emrakul deck because it should be in every Emrakul deck. Um, and the only other deck that I've ever seen this in is some Duretti decks because they use it as a way to cycle it with Duretti and sack it and then take an extra turn. Oh, oh okay. Which yeah. is some super weird That's tech. very fringe. Yes. So have you actually seen been able to get this to work with yes. your commander? Yes. Yes. yes I was the there. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> it happened My to witness. me. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten to use it with the commander. I've gotten to... I've gotten to sacrifice it mm-hmm. and exile it, take an extra turn, and kill right. somebody with Emrakul damage. It's, I mean, when you look at EDH rec online, it's like the number one card oh, in yeah. every deck, and it's there for a reason. Right, the right, It's right. just, the card, uh, the card, like, skipping Mindslaver a person's turn, it's not exactly the friendliest. I'm going to go ahead and put that disclaimer <laughs> on there, but... That's the first it, time I've ever heard that. From him? From from you about this deck, it's not exactly the friendliest. And I will say that Th- this one specific card. <laughs> let's not blow things out of proportion. Uh, I will say that this probably does help this deck have some semblance of, inter- of interaction, especially if you're playing like blue extra turns sure. spell. But again, like I agree, I agree with you guys that this is probably the only deck it really works. In. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, since we aligned on that, Goad, what do you got? 
All right. So um, as far as win cons go, before I actually read mine, I just want to remind everyone at the table that Emrakul is a 13-13 flying yeah, trampoline. Yeah, we card. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Hedron Matrix. Yeah. Uh, I run this in my Kozilek deck. Literally won a game with it the last time I played it. Uh, yep. Everyone I've won in my Emrakul deck has been because of this card. <laughs> and the winner is by unanimous. <laughs> Across the table. No, it's just great. I mean, it's another. It gives. It turns Emrakul into a twenty-six, twenty-six flying trampler. I, 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 I heard that number's relevant. I'm not sure why. Uh, it's because uh, twenty-one Commander Dreamers wins the game. I mean, fifty. Oh, that's 50's. why. Yeah, okay, that's why. I see. I thought it was some sort of secret tech that I couldn't. You know. yeah. But it, I mean, it, it works with all the other combo. things too. Yeah, I mean, and, it turns... and, that's, and that's why I like the card in these colorless Eldrazi type decks. Is if it was just for your commander, you're talking very fringe. Probably not good. But you throw it on any of the other Eldrazi's, you're still talking massive damage. Oh my god! Yeah, you're yep. taking out maybe half their life total potentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, Ulamog becomes a twenty twenty. Um, Reality Smasher becomes a ten ten, and I mean, a ten ten would trample. That's, that, that's that's not, not irrelevant. irrelevant. That's really good, and uh, it really helps me close games out, stay relevant. You know, start chipping away at people's life totals if I need to. Edron Matrix, ten out of ten, does it for you. <laughs> it, it gets there. Also, special note to Fire Shrieker, which just gives the creature double strike. Yeah, which is also just as... Are you done? Was Hedron Mixing Shears also? No, I got one more. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead, man. Bring us home. So this is a card that I recently found out about, and it's because it's semi-recently printed. Um, so uh, just real quick, shout out to Manifold Key. Yep. Card's really good. Oh, so yes. um, there was a card called Voltaic Key, and then they're like, okay, Voltaic Key, you suck. We're just going to make something that's <laughs> immediately better. So uh, Manifold Key is 50 cents. It's an artifact from M20. It's an uncommon. Uh, it's a one drop. Looks, uh, damn it. Locks want to be opened, and treasure wants to be free by Nye. I don't even know. So <laughs> again, uh, does not have his slip finger, master thief. Slip finger. Slip finger. That's that needs it, to be a card. Yes. Are, are we are we going back to like Naga 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 to wear my glasses? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Um, so it's got two abilities. Um, one is good in this deck, and it does have some value. So colorless tap, untap another artifact, target artifact rather. So sure. you do run your. Um, Hedron Archives and uh, Thrain Dynamos of the World, so that gets you there. But more importantly, it's got three colorless tap. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. Better Rogue's Passage? Yeah, yeah. I agree. And um, I think that we have talked about um, how the Eldrazi, while very good, even with Annihilator, just they can be chumped by a zombie. Yeah. Right? So being able to dictate that, even if you aren't, aren't getting in for commander damage, but you are getting in for 10 or 12 or 9 or whatever it might be, yep. will just kind of help get that damage through while you can do your other friendly interactions. Right. <laughs> I mean, one thing to note. <laughs> that was a, those were finger quotes around that for those who are always like over here shaking his head. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> well, but it, I mean, like you said, said just there, I mean, it also untaps like a Temple Bell or an Otherworldly Atlas sure. or like these other cards that, you know, will I'll be like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll let us draw an extra card. You know, it's fine. We're, we're good. We're friends. But it's re- it's a really good card. And yeah. I mean, at only uncommon, that's a steal. For, for 20 cents or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's really good. All right. Goat, you got one more. I do. And uh, I was on the fence to mention any of these guys since they seem like really obvious selections <laughs> to be uh, put into the yeast category. But I wanted to talk about Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger. <laughs> Arguably the best one? Arguably. Uh, I actually would say he might be. The, I would actually say he is the best one. 
Because when that's that's a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm for for a uh, MTG Action Four news coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and read uh, Ulamog the ceases hunger, and then we could debate that there. But it, he is a ten ten for ten. We likes to Emrakul likes her thirteens. Ulamog likes his tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you cast Ulamog, you exile two permanents. Yeah. He's indestructible. And whenever he attacks, defending player exiles the top 20 cards of his or her library. Real what good. does that even mean? Just 20% of your deck. Gone. Well, most wrong. likely by that point, it's, it's closer a lot, like 30 yeah. or 40%. It's a lot more. Yeah. Uh, a force uh, as voracious as time itself. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's insane. Um, also, you have the foil version, which is costing $90 right now, Woo! which is upsetting. Um, yeah, I think what puts it over the top. So... Or, okay, so Mr. Mr. Combo, well, let's yeah. give initial thoughts just on the Ceaseless Hunger, and then we'll read off Infinite Yire and just have a quick one-minute banter on it. Okay. Uh, so Ceaseless Hunger, it's an auto-include in every Eldrazi deck. It's just you have to have it. And honestly, it's an auto-include in every big mana creature type deck. Yep. Gotta have it. And you could arguably say it's an auto-include in just I can produce a lot of mana and I need some way to end the game. Very similar to how when I did my Lavinia deck, I talked about adding in Emrakul the Promise End. Right. Uh, just because, yeah, it's kind of a lockdown because I take the person's turn and I can mess with them, mess them up. Um, but then sometimes you just need a 13-13 beater. Sometimes you just need a 10-10 that's going to exile out someone's right. library. And he's indestructible, or it, because I don't think they have gender. Well, I guess they do because Emrakul's a she. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I, think I think it's a she because you can see it on Shrine of the Forsaken Gods. Yep. Emrakul's a she, Ulamog and Kozilek are he's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think the thing that's great about uh, Ulamog Cecil's hunger with the Exile 20 is sometimes you're going into someone that has a glacial chasm. Yeah. Nothing you can do about that. Well, five attacks or four attacks and they're dead. So, and even to that point, even on cast, you just get rid of the glacial chasm and don't have to worry about like ghost quarter and that sort of stuff too, which sure. I, which I agree with. Right. And I think, I think I, and the more we're talking about, I more the more I agree with you guys. I think this is the best because I run this in like my mono green big mana Silvala deck because it's like the best spot removal that you can get in yeah. those colors, right? Um, and the other one is kind of on board with that, but I, I agree with you guys. I think this one probably is is the best of the Titans. Yeah, and so the, the other one for just the quick debate: Ulamog Infinite Yire costs eleven, and it's a ten ten. It doesn't just like tens. Uh, he has other preferences. The shame is immeasurable. Uh, when you cast Ulamog, uh, destroy target permanent instead of exile. So that's big. Annihilator 4, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. That's gross. Uh, it's also indestructible. And then here's the difference, though. This Ulamog, if it goes to the graveyard, it gets shuffled back in. So I think that's where you can make the argument of, right. I'm going to make a sack for permanent. I get to destroy something. I'm still indestructible and still a 10-10. But then if you do somehow give it, you know, um, Black Sun Zenith or Toxic Deluge or even just put Creature in Graveyard, I'm just going to get it back. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but I just think one mana less. You're basically on, at that point, a four-turn clock before right. that player loses. Yep. I agree with that. And um, I know there's times where we have talked about like running a Kozilek or a Ulamog Infinite Gyre in like any deck just because of the what is referred to from Optiver, the Monster Hell Mash. You. But even with that, um, I don't know. I I still I still think it goes to Ceaseless Hunger, right? I think so. Yeah, you think so. Uh, my, yeah. my votes for Ceaseless. Hunger. I mean, the only way I think you go Infinite Gyre is if once again going back to Cat Popcast MTG Action Four News, like now probably a month ago. Uh, if your meta runs a lot of negative one counters, 
then you probably do want to go Infinite Yire because Ceaseless Hunger is just the perfect target for right. that. Yep. Um, versus Infinite Yire. It's like, yeah, you can get rid of it. I'll just I'll shuffle back in and we'll yeah. get to it eventually. So. Totally agree. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the yeast package. Now we're going to head over to the spicy meat to ball. Uh, Goad, you got three choices. Okay, I was going to say, can yeah. we just do all of them or do we have to do this normal? <laughs> no, we're doing it normally. <laughs> well, one of them honestly probably isn't a spice, but I wanted to, but I think it's a neat card. So I just put it in that category. But uh, excellent. The card I wanted to talk about first is uh, I have to ask you guys a question. Have you ever put an assault suit on an Eldrazi? <laughs> oh, it's so fun. No, oh, it gives not. me life. No, it's not. I died to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. So uh, I'll go ahead and read assault suit really quick. Um, it is a four drop. Equips for three. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two. Has haste. Can attack you or a planeswalker. Can't attack you or a planeswalker you control. And can't be sacrificed. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you may have that player gain control of the equipped creature until the end of the turn. Oof. If you do, untap it. Yep. So I've used this. This is one. This is one of my favorite cards in Magic because <laughs> I've used it in so many different things. Like uh, most notably and recently, I put an assault suit on an Emmercool. And oh, yeah. suddenly I can give it to somebody and we can kill somebody because I have 30 <laughs> commander damage. It's it's a really good, really good. And also, I remember one game and I don't know if you remember this, but I ended up putting a salt suit on uh Kozilek's channeler, the one that taps for two mana. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, OK, so here you go. Here's an Ulam uh, Kozilek's channeler. You can either get two free mana or you can bash someone for six. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another soul ring for you that just happens to get in the red yeah. zone. So, yeah. you know, it's multi-purpose. It can help close games. It can help. It can help, you know, it can help be friendly, help sure. people and, ramp. It's just. And I think one of the things on it that's really great, too, is the fact that it gives haste on your turn as well. So it's yes. like another copy. If you can get the mana, which you did at that time, because you'd done nothing else that entire game. <laughs> uh, you were able to like, you. we actually got three swings of Ulamog and uh, really a turn and a half. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually am starting to, because I've never owned a copy of it, finally put it in my Kyrgios and Tiro deck, which we talked about on the MTG Action 4 News this week. Um, honestly, I think I want to get one and throw it in Ruik Thar. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, dude, I, I, know, yeah. With I would. <laughs> vigilance and Reach, like, yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to attack. Like, okay, that's nothing to sneeze at. Greven? Why not? Oh, yeah, because it can't attack you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, the whole you can't attack you thing, any of, like, my big just... Fatties, I'm kind of just like I should just have burns, one. Burns in there. of praise, probably not a bad option, right? Oh, that would be hilarious! Oh god, that'd be nasty. <laughs> I would so love that. The ur the ur <laughs> example of this deck is friend of the show, Scooby Shuffles Oof. Zergo uh, deck. I have to buy a bunch. If he, <laughs> if he if he lands this and equips it to Zergo, you're like in trouble because Zergo is indestructible nonstop. And and like <laughs> the one thing in this card where it kind of gets thrown off, where I've got thrown off before, is it doesn't have to attack. Yes. So, um, but like Zergo, you have to attack with sure. it. Rurik Thar also, you have to attack, yep. do you not? Yep, there it is. So, and I think the, the thing that makes this card the most important, actually even over the can't attack you or Planeswalker, is the fact that you can't sacrifice it. Mm -hmm. That is humongous. The fact that right. they had the foresight to throw that on there. Granted, it is seven total mana to do right. the whole rigmarole, but yeah, it's a great card. Well, uh, Tucker, I feel like we're talking about the same one. Three, two, one. Not a this world. Damn it. I was going to try to go blood, <laughs> Thirsty Blade. But. We'll call that a meh. Uh, so, and I do actually, I do agree, though, this is kind of a spice because I actually went through 
um, to try to figure out if I was actually going to cut this card from your deck. Um, and out of your 21 creatures, you have like 11 or 12 that would maybe get you the, the free spell. Right. So it is still very fringe. It's kind of like the running force of will in a five-color deck. So not of this world, seven colorless. It's a tribal instant Eldrazi. Matters. Matters. Tribal matters. Love it. Um, it's also one of the six instants and sorcerers I think you can get in the in the, in the deck. So. And it says counter target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. And Big Tuck, yes. how can they do that also? Not of this world costs seven less to cast if it targets a spell or ability that targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. Yep. So it's like built-in uh, Titan protection, mm -hmm. built-in commander protection, uh, here's where this card hinges on me. It's really easy to sit in your hand for like six turns, and then when the when you could have won the game, you completely forget that it has a second ability. <laughs> it's happened to me two times. <laughs> so yeah, like I so Mr. Combo, we've talked a lot in the past about like very situational cards. How many do you think that you need? I think twelve is probably on the lower side, but again, the reason why I think this card, in my opinion, stays in the deck is literally another deck that would run it <laughs> for starters. And two, when this like when you have this card and you can have it in a pinch, it's gonna mean a lot. You just need to make sure you read your cards. Yes, yes, yes. and remember what's in your hand, which again you wouldn't think would be a big deal in this in this deck when you're just running out your hand. I, I think I actually pulled it from my deck because really? I literally never played it. I had my colorless deck since Great Distortion came out in uh, that's Battle the, for Zendikar? Yeah, no. the second one. The uh, Zendikar Resurgence. No, it's yeah. a Oath of the Gate Watch. Watch. That's right. Uh, so I think I made him literally like a month or two after that set came out. So that's been how many years ago? And I've never cast it. So Really? Yep. yep. And so I eventually, and I even got a nice pretty foil one. I literally never used the card so much that when I was in the tank and we were playing and I needed a token, I just flipped it over and started writing on it. <laughs> for token. So, I also oh, said I've never used the card so much. What a phrase. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's really important to note something that I forgot more than a few times is it also counters an ability, too. So, oh, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Emrakul protects herself from instance, but I've had instances where, like, uh, somebody would use a Planeswalker activation sure. or something oh, to destroy sure. my... And I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> Get that Sorry, Planeswalker Ultimate. I think when you're playing these decks, you just don't like you don't think that you're playing an instant or sorcery speed ever, yeah. right, with spells. So you're just like, well, I guess that happens. And then you don't draw, and you're like, ah... Uh, I guess I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And as a reminder, it's going to be big tucks, the goads, and eyes, cuts, and <laughs> recommendations to the deck that are under five, under 50, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands, which honestly, <laughs> are there any in here that we would even talk about? I don't uh, believe so. so. Ancient tomb. That's one he doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. How do you not have an ancient tomb? Isn't that card like. A million dollars? Well, not in gold. Oh, right. Okay. I need to get that gold bordered one. Oh, to hell. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, no you pay for it in gold. Why don't you start oh, us off? Sure. What are you going to cut and what are you going to add? All right. So there is enough friendly stuff in here that I think we can start moving a little things around. So there's, there's a lot nothing of friendly in here. Uh, a little, uh, some you need, symmetrical you need to things. Expose. It's it's kind of like what uh, Snowden did, exposing the U.S. That's what you need to do. Expose this deck from okay. the evil monster. It well, is. there's one that I think goes into every Emrakul or any Eldrazi deck. So I'm actually going to cut uh, Otherworldly Atlas. So um, it's a four drop 
Yep, there it is. Uh, it's a four drop. It's an artifact uh, from Dark Ascension, I think. So uh, tap, put a charge counter on it. Tap, each player draws a card for each charge counter yep. on it. So you already have the Ori that does this. You already have Howling Mind. You have Howling Golem, which I was hoping someone would talk about, but <laughs> here we are. Um, so I'm going to cut this for a card, which I think we've talked about a lot, but I think this does exactly... I think this still is a political card. But you can still get the monster value out of it that you want. So we've talked about it before. We're talking about the old standby key to the city. So key to the city is a two drop artifact. Um, it's not an equipment, which is kind of interesting. So uh, it's a rare that's cents on the dollars, which is awesome. So tap a card, discard a card up to one target creature can't be blocked this turn. So that's why that's how you can still get your kind of friendly thing on because it's still a political card, right? right? It doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be some other scary creature. And also this helps Emrakul because you are discarding a card, right? right? So that waste that you don't need, that artifact that you don't need goes to the graveyard. Um, and then whenever the key of the city becomes untapped, you may pay to if you do draw a card. So again, you can kind of do the political piece sure. on it. You can fill your graveyard a little, a little bit more. And I think there's there's times when I've seen you play this deck where, especially in the somewhat early game, you're kind of not doing a lot and you end up having like four or five mana untapped at the end of the turn for one reason or another. And this will give you something to do every turn. Like another two, it's like, um, it's like a, a greed effect to some extent, sure, right? Where it's right. like an untapped you pay two. Uh -uh. And I like the fact that it lowers your curve. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Get, get, let's, let's try to get down from this 4.81. Yeah. Uh, so I do I do like that idea to add key to the city. But I think instead of cutting otherworldly atlas, because I have gotten into a situation where I can tap it and get to, you know, draw more than one card a turn. Sure. So I think actually I would cut uh, Temple Bell. It doesn't lower mm. my cart and my curve as much. But I think you've got a good point that I might have too much everybody, everybody gets something. Yeah. so yeah i think that's fair well i mean you do say it's friendly so but now we can be friendly i'm trying to do things that are friendly in like different ways right 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 so, I think that's fair yeah so that's that one all right uh well my first one i talked to we talked i alluded to it earlier i'm cutting the staff of nin it's out of here uh just i, I think it didn't age well mm -hmm. so what i am gonna add is because you do have such a high curve you need ways to get a bunch of lands out, and you do run a lot of lands. So it only costs two. It's a dollar, or sorry, 61 cents, and it's a 1 1 Walking Atlas. Ooh, yeah, that card's awesome. Creature yeah, yeah. construct, tap. You may put a land card from your hand on the battlefield. Pretty good. And the fact that it just says a land, not a basic land, is also humongous. So, and it doesn't even come in tapped, so you can still use it. So I think, I think you put this in. Take out that staff of Nen, you're lowering your curve by four. Sure. And I think if you had a choice, ramp to get Emrakul out as quick as possible, or I'm going to get her out standard speed, but I may draw an extra card here and there. I think you would choose to get Emrakul out turn six if right. you could, or seven. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's a good cut, actually. I mean, you know, adding walking uh, Atlas just helps me ramp it out also if i can add a uh assault suit to it you know oh, we can have some on. shenanigans and does have flavor text crafted by low mages and bound to the land it alters itself to match the tumultuous terrain 
That was a really good read. That was. was a really good read. I felt but little it. do you know, sucker. Waste on a color. It's not a land. <laughs> All right, Goad. What are you going to cut, Ned? All right, so I'm glad we're going with this theme of cutting stuff to bring down the CMC because that's kind of where I went with it. Oh, too. I was going to say, I'm about to increase the CMC. Yeah. <laughs> this is not near high enough. <laughs> oh, we need to go over five or this deck is a failure. No, but I decided to actually cut Void Winnower. <gasps> What? Yep. Blas- blasphemy. That is blasphemy. Gasp. Yep. That's like the best colors card in the deck. That's like your one interaction you have. <laughs> it stops murder. <laughs> well, I mean, the see, the thing is, is like Void Winner were just like making it so that my opponents can't cast spells and can't do things. That's not really what I... Like, it's a great card. Don't get me wrong. But it's not really in the spirit of what I wanted the deck to do. I could, I could, see, I could, I could see Mr. Cobb. Like, I, I, I could just hear Sheldon check, talking check right now. Check your Fitbit right now. <laughs> hold on, hold on. 250. What's the rate? Uh, What's the rate? 79. Oh, that's uh, good. Okay, that's, that's not bad. You're healthy. But I am going to add in a four. 110! <laughs> <laughs> I am going to add in a card, uh, Warping Whale. And oh, it kind of very good. Yeah, it kind of stunned me when you when Big Tuck brought it up when we were hanging out uh, IRL for the first time in a long time last time, and uh, that it's, I just I'm just not running that. And it, it I'm sh- I was it, also it, I it, was it also on the fence about putting this in, but I was like, yeah, I'm trying mm-hmm. to. Mister Combo did me grilled me good on our Facebook chat, and I'm trying to do things that are more to the theme of the deck as opposed to just, like, things that I wanted. Yeah. So it'll give me the modality. I mean, we could still remove a Blood Artist. You know, we can counter a Board Wipe. I can throw down a Blocker if the emerg- if it comes, or even just one-time Ramp Me. Like, it's just yeah. got so much that it can do. Lowers my curve by a casual seven. <laughs> and uh, I... I just think that the modality is because I never I'm never like, yay, void winner when I draw it because I always feel I always hate. It's always a feel. Oh, really? You should feel the same way with assault suit or how about (laughs) casting your commander at all? Assault suit is awesome. How dare you? Here's the thing. Warping whale. Great for standard. Sucks for EDH. I see. But here's so I I agree with you. I think it's just too narrow. But here's the issue. This is the this is the only there's two instances that you could run in colorless this and not of this world. And I think actually there's a couple more, but yeah. there, but this is like the premier one where you can actually counter something and actually like interact with the board. So I agree with you that this card does suck, but when you're, <laughs> running, when, when you're running colorless and your options are so limited to have something to do on someone else's turn, that's where I think this really comes into play. See, I just look at this card as a dead card 99% of the game because how often is there actually going to be a extremely relevant creature Toughness one or less. I'm talking because you're not going to just use this on Sakura Tribe Elder. I mean, you're going to save it for the Blood Artist because I'm about to get drained out type of stuff. Right. right. Um, and so that's very fringe. The sorcery is also very fringe because I actually mm. I think more times are not in this deck. And we actually talked about it when we recorded Kirinos and Tiro last or for the episode that came out last week. The game that you won, I actually have seven or eight different ways in that deck to deal with how you killed me with Emrakul, but it's all instant speed, and it's all bouncing it to your hand or putting right. it into your library. And then you're going to feel terrible if you pay two to get a 1-1 one, one Scion. That- but, I see, I disagree with Ugh. that part, right? And here's why. Because the, the more instants, the more card types you can get in your graveyard, so this is going to add you another card type to make Emrakul go down. Sure. So effectively, this this is like the rampant growth of Colorless, because it adds one, and then it adds another one for Emrakul as well. But we've also talked about how decks you shouldn't have a card in the deck for this one specific fringe thing. I agree. I agree. It's like that. having one counter spell period in the deck. 
Fair point. It kind of sounds to me like this is a card where it's, hey, has there ever been a time when this worked for you? When you drew this and it really, really fed the deck? Yes. 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 <laughs> Actually, there has been. Really? Every, time, every time I have this, it's good. Every like, single time I have this and I've drawn this, it does something. Like, I can just think back um, to the like the, some of the games that I played with it. Like, I've had Emrakul get... It's like, she, you're right. She protects herself from instants. She doesn't protect herself from sorceries. So or so I've had somebody cast an overloaded Winds of Abandon. I've had been on the receiving end of a Vandal Blast. I've seen... Um, what, Dreadmore. Dread... Well, what's that... But uh, see, all these are even that? CMC spells you're talking about, and Voidwinner were just stopped them from even doing it. So, okay, do you... So, minus the Voidwinner, Voidwinner, whenever I've played it, has just shut down my opponents. Agreed. But do you... So, maybe not cut that, but do you, I, do you still agree that Warping Whale has a home in this deck somewhere? Maybe. I mean, I think I've only seen you play the deck four times. Five times, maybe. Um... So I, I don't know if I have a good assessment Fair of point. Fair enough. do we need to get rid of card draw? Do we need to get rid of rant? Well, you know, what are we going to get rid of right, in place right, right. of this? Um, yeah. I, look, if you were going to say I'm going to get rid of not of this world and put in warping whale, I could get a little bit more on board with that because you're once again lowering your curve. Right. You'll actually remember that this costs two mana. <laughs> opposed to the other one that should be free, but you always think it costs seven. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so. No, fair point. It's fair yeah. points. Fair points all around. I will say, though, that I have had more instances where I went, I wish this was a warping whale. And more and to fewer times I went, I wish I just drew a void winner. Uh, didn't you also mean to say, I, I say? It's like, I will Oh, right, yeah. Oh! You see, that joke's funny because my name is Will. (laughs) It's good. It's a good one. Your name's not Will anymore. It's the good one. We'll never migrate away from these mediocre jokes to the under $50 (laughs) section. High quality jokes. And Big Tuck, why don't you start us off? What are you going to cut and what are you going to add? So I'm going to cut Urgolan's Eye simply because you already have a Sisse's ring in here. And it's, like, not that great. So Urgolan's Eye, for those playing the home game, is is a four drop that you tap for two. So... Totally fine. No problem with that. And I will clarify. Big Tuck did say Ur Golem's Eye. You said it real quick, so it was like, yeah, I'm going to cut Ur Golem's Eye. The the hidden tech in it. So um, I think that you have plenty of mana rocks that do stuff that is better than this. But again, if you wanted to get into even more friendly cards, I think there's something that's going to do a little bit better for you. It doesn't help the curve, unfortunately. Um, we're talking 5.0, baby. Let's uh, go. But we're putting in the classic Mikael card of Coveted Jewel. Oh, yeah. Six colorless. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it's an artifact that's 38 cents. When it enters the battlefield, draw three cards, which you need. Tap, add three mana of any one color. Unfortunately, you can't choose colorless. Um, so that's already got your kind of package of like the Gilded Lotus and also the draw cards, right? And then whenever one or more creatures and opponent controls attack you and aren't blocked, that player draws three cards and gains control of Coveted Jewel, untap it. So again, if you're trying to get into the, this is a friendly deck and like, hey, do you want a Coveted Jewel? Come in with a 1-1, come in with a 2-2. People are going to be attacking you anyways. So again, you can give the illusion that's a, that it's a... Um, it's a, you give them the illusion that it's a friendly card, but then you seal their turn, tap it down for them to shove it in their face. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it's the 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 it was it was very difficult to find cards that fit the theme of what you're trying to do with this deck. But I think like for two mana more, you're fe- you're effectively paying two extra mana to tap for additional mana, and also draw three cards when it is a battlefield. So okay. for me, like that's like 
Seems like I a pretty have, good I have nothing against that. Yeah, I, I've started to run that card a little bit. It, it, you have to be careful about the decks that you run it in, because you... <sighs> Because you're basically telling your opponents, attack me. Yeah, please. come on down. Come on down. The water's it's warm. okay. Water's warm. Uh, just urinated on myself. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, and I think that will help you because you can play it early enough in the game. And if people are idiots and they still believe that you're a friendly deck and a friendly player, you'd be like, yeah, dude, just swing a 1 1 token at me. I, I won't block it. I'll leave it alone. You can have the card, draw some cards, right. get some mana. We'll do this back. It's kind of like the uh, Humble Defector. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Exact same thing. All right, well, my next one, I'm going to be cutting uh, Matter Reshaper. So this was a, this was this was kind of this was right on the cusp for me. Yeah, I I think it's just a it's it was great in standard in here. Yeah. So two colorless diamond. <laughs> also colorless. <laughs> diamond. Uh, when Matter Reshaper dies, reveal the top card of your library. You may put that card onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card with CMC 3 or less. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. Here's the thing. Have you looked at your actual mana curve with the cards? Um, I have, but I the reason Matter Reshaper in here is in here is not because of that ability, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, but Big Tuck's been trying to get me to agree to an instant, and so I did agree to an instant. We're getting agreeing to a Titan's presence. Oh yeah! So, three colorless instant as an additional cost to cast this. Reveal a colorless creature card from your hand, which you will have a one in five chance of doing, and oh. then exile target creature if its power is less than or equal <laughs> to the revealed card's power. So yeah, for three mana, you get to exile whatever you want, pretty much. Because I did the math, over half of your cards are over four power. And then a good 30% of your cards are over six power. And then like you have 15% or over nine power. Right. So the likelihood that you're gonna pay three mana and exile whatever you want is fantastic. And yeah, you might say I'm giving them free information by revealing an Eldrazi, but they know you're playing scary crap anyways. <laughs> right. What good does this, that do? <laughs> this this is like the premier removal spell for Eldrazi's. I yes. will agree with that. Yeah, I can definitely see adding it, but like I said earlier, the reason why Matter Reshaper is in the deck is not because of the I might draw a card or put something into play effect. It's there because it's a 3-2 three, for 3, which is not <laughs> something that I have a lot of. And one thing that I was finding, like the original build of this deck didn't have Matter Reshaper, Thought Not See, or any of those lower cost oh, draws. Right. So I was just open for business. So if anybody decided, hey... Uh, I don't believe you're a friendship guy. I would just, I, there was just <laughs> nothing, everyone. There was just proper nothing I could do except sit there and go, all right. So here's the thing though. You're in colorless. What is the predominant thing in colorless? Artifact creatures. If you wanted to, there are plenty of three CMC artifact creatures that are probably three threes or three twos or two threes with a relevant ability. So if, yeah. if that's purely what it is, there are other options in there. But I think if we leave your cost the same, and like you said, people are like, well, I don't believe you. I'm just going to come in and, you know, bash you for with my Zergo Helm Smasher. And it's like, well, now it's kind of a matter reshaper that you would have had as a chump blocker. Now it's, oh, exile. I, that, I And it does, it it could potentially ramp you because it is a permanent that has CMC less. So, yes. um, and it does draw you a card, which is card, which this deck doesn't do great. So I can see all, I can see both sides of it, right? Like yep. I can kind of get from that respect. You could also argue that like, a card like Polydium Mirror that taps for two for three is kind of in that same thing. Yeah. Um, but again, I think I think if if you're playing this deck right, people will think that you're threatening, 
but you're so because you, they'll they will they will distrust you that when it's sorry, going okay. down inception Hold right on, now. Okay. I, no, I have I have the line here. Okay, here we go. You will tell them that's a friendly deck. They will distrust you, but they'll realize in the first three to six turns when you're playing this, you're doing nothing, and other people are doing things. So a matter reshaper could just be like the chump blocker that you need. Yeah, I de- like I said, I definitely do agree with the idea of putting in uh, Titan's presence. Titan's yeah. presence, thank you. Uh, but I'm not sure cutting matter reshaper well, it, it, it's a it's a good argument it's something i may have to try out. yeah it's just you know i looked at your other three and four costing ones and they at least did something out of it you got at least a little bit of benefit matter reshaper i just purely looked at it and i'm like all right maybe you have a small chance of either getting a land or a mana rock maybe i would rather have an exile spell mm-hmm. instead of that sure um, all right. Well, Goad, what do you got, man? All right. So my under 50, um, I'm going to cut Geode Golem, and I'm going to add in Vidalkin oh. Ori. So, um, Josh Lee, why? Yeah, I, know, I know. Very upsetting. Uh, yeah, I decided, very, very upsetting. <laughs> I know it's not an exciting addition <laughs> to the deck. Coming for you, Josh. But, but you need uh, it. It is something that I need. Yeah. I mean, one of the big downsides with all the friendship cards that I play is that I am the last to benefit for mm-hmm. two. Yeah. So being able to play these cards at the end of a player's turn and uh, get the benefit first could be the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, Geode Golem, he's perfect on paper. He's a yeah. great card for the deck on paper. But in paper... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what's funny about that is a few weeks ago we did an MTG Action Force segment around cards that should work and look good but in reality never actually work out mm-hmm. and geode golem is right there i remember when that card got previewed everyone just wet bananas yeah but then yeah. it's like We're wait in the full boy yo 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 because yeah. i even think you still have to pay command tax with it correct yeah uh, so it's just like is it ever actually going to happen i'm curious has this ever worked out for you no <laughs> I have, I have, this this has worked several times in my dragon's deck because you can just swing it in with a bunch of other stuff that is flying but this th- it's comparing apples to the ocean in terms of how <laughs> so um what an, it's a, it's the newest card game apples to ocean <laughs> Uh, I hate Vandalkanori, so I am not a pro. I am uh, not a fan of this cut. <laughs> uh, I, I'm fine with it. Um, I, I like Vandalkanori in decks that, like, honestly, I should probably have it in my Brutoclad deck because I play at sorcery speed. Or you could have Leyline of Anticipation, which is this I, already in there. Oh, okay, very good. So um, I, I think any deck that is. I do what I can and I pass the turn and hope to Christ I live till the next day. <laughs> yeah. They need a Velekin Ori and the fact that it's colorless, it can go in any deck. I do get it, but I hate to say it because I really I do like the command zone. I'm not so anti like Tuck is. Uh, it does not belong in every deck. It's not an auto include. It's not something that every single thing needs. Yep, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, the reason it's $30 or $35 is just outrageous. Mm-hmm. Uh, should not be that expensive. Alter the Brood should be. And Mandalith, oh, sir. Yeah. Thank you. I'd be okay with Alter the Brood jumping because your boy has invested in stocks of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to hit the bank. We're going to explode with some wallets. We're at the personal recommendations. Tuck, are you going to make the goad pick up a night job? No. Uh, so, uh, I am going to cut Empowered Auto Generator. Um, I hey. think this card's very cute, and yep. it's very quaint, and I could see it working in some decks. I'm not so sure this is the one. 
Uh, four colorless for an artifact that's hot off the presses from last year. Uh, enters the battlefield tapped, which is the biggest thing I don't like about it. Um, and then tap, put a charge counter on it. Um, add X of any one color where X is the number of charge counters on it. There's no proliferating. Nope. It's kind of slow. Yeah. I mean, I think if you had an amulet of vigor in here, then fine. That, sure, yeah. I agree. Um, honestly, like Urgolem's Eye, in my opinion, is better than this because you get it. It pays for half for itself up front. Um, so you might even want a manolith. How no. dare you? No. <laughs> I mean, it does cost one less, and I can use it to mana right away. No. So we're just okay. But it can't. <laughs> it, can't it can't pay for. Uh, it cannot pay for your Cosmics of the world. So I was shocked to see that this wasn't in here and i really hope this doesn't come bite me in the ass because i can't read well um again no glasses so i think one thing that emrakul really does is let you make other people's decisions for them and what card does that better than mind slaver how is this not in here this is the perfect card for this deck. i don't think he has a way to get it back that doesn't matter it so he does it once it fills up the graveyard again it's another artifact for emrakul to go off of Boo. card's great so mind slavers a legendary <laughs> artifact for six uh it's you can get the foil edition off mystery booster for two dollars four colorless tap sacrifice mind slaver you control target player during that player's next turn we all know, Will, that you can't trust anyone around the table. You can't trust them to act in their best interests, let alone yours or the tables. So why not just cut out the middleman and make them act exactly how they should, a.k.a. how you want them to? I, I know you're making sense, a lot of logic in here, but I have a deep-seated hatred for Mind Slaver. Wow! <laughs> I have been in, like, we had in a playgroup, before I met you guys, before I met the guys that introduced me to you guys. Ooh, it, it is deep It's now. deep. Yeah. There was a guy that I played with, and he only won with Mind Slayer. <laughs> and, like, he would um, use it with all of the cards that brought it back, and that was that was it. And, you know, he Mind Slayer locked you very early, very often. <laughs> it's probably something I just need to get over. In fact, it's definitely something you need to get over. Especially if a foil is only two dollars, like you from the mystery. Let's call this. Let's call this cast rehab. You're getting over it right now. Yeah, getting it out there. I hate this card. I hated this card. We may we may see it, but you know. Well, once again, you can only use it once. You literally have no way of getting it back outside of if it goes to the graveyard, and then you put an Ulamog or a Kozilek, and it gets shuffled. Fringe case, <laughs> but we do talk about how assault suit is also kind of fringe case to an extent with the command damage. It would be funny if you had Mind Slaver just sitting out there, you get your Ember Cruelty Assault suit, you take over, Tuck's turn, and then you're like, you're going to do this for me, right? And he's like, F you, no, I'm going to try to kill you. And it's like, oh, well, I'll activate Mind Slaver and then take <laughs> right, your next exactly. turn. <laughs> yes. So that's that's funny, but that is fringe funny. I don't know if it's worth a slot in the 99. It is worth note that I, my non-basic land game, uh, I do have to apologize to Chuck the Slice because of my non-basic land game in this deck is pretty weak. So I am planning on making some adjustments and one Tron of them is lands. Buried Ruin. Yeah, Tron Lands, you know, yeah. and some other things to bring stuff back. I, ha I have two of them just sitting at home. I play Tron and Modern, so I have oh. several. <laughs> <laughs> and they are black-bordered antiquities. They are Oh beautiful. my gosh. Yep. Big rollers. So anyways, the slaves gotta come in. Alright. Well, so mine, it's not gonna break the budget, mm. but I'm bringing back an oldie to the from the CMD Tower database because uh, I think it's funny. But we're gonna cut a card that we talked about that I mentioned on the uh, MTG Action 4 a while ago because it just does not work. It's too slow. We're going to cut Tamio's journal. Mm -hmm. 
So five colorless legendary artifact at the beginning of your upkeep investigates. So you get a colorless clue that can you can pay two sack it to draw a card. And then you could tap Tamiya's Journal to sack three clues, search your library for a card, and put that card into your hand, shuffle your library. It's the only tutor really you have in the deck. I get it. I even think I run it in mine. But mine. <laughs> when we did our action four segment, the fact that it's gonna take three rotations, too long. Um so yeah, I think that's really all I gotta say about that. Okay. Uh but I'm going to cut it for a card. It's kind of like a salt suit. You put it on your commander, you kind of win the game to an extent. Interesting. Hot soup. <laughs> no, but you know what your deck could use? Some infect. How about oh, a grand oh, exoskeleton? Oh, yeah. Four colorless artifact equipment sitting at a cool $3. You would. You would. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has infect. Whenever grafted exoskeleton becomes unattached from a permanent... Sacrifice that permanent, you can equip for two. This card will just wreck with your commander. And really, any of the things. And here's the cool thing about it, because I already thought of the downside. What if they unattached grafted exoskeleton? You got to sack your commander. Well, that sucks. Well, you also have an Ulamog and a Kozilek that will do the same thing as your commander, because this has a command damage. Oh, and if you sacrifice them, boo-hoo, they get shuffled back into your library. It is great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure I still have like six left from the Tice Fund. There so. we go. Oh, yeah. Hang on. There we go. Oh, yeah. yeah I love you got the that. Tice Fund. That's good. Yeah, the That's Tice good. Fund. That's good. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Adding another way to win is never a bad thing. And, and I especially mean, since you have so many big dudes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even if I wanted to put it on Endbringer. That's you know tap deal one damage every target. Yeah. Oh, that's filthy. That's bad. Yeah. That's real bad. <laughs> I get cor- four infect of rotation. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I can see it, and you know, like you said, Tammy, that was one that I was thinking about putting into the bottle capping because, like you said, Too it's slow. a beautiful card on paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I the one thing with Tamio's journal is again because I bought ten of them or whatever um it's like i do this is like the one deck where it's actually has a function because it can draw you a card kind sure. of yeah so i like but again i think that's just bias right like it's a it's like a sunk cost fallacy of like i have you're, these you're cards. still trying to slot all 10 <laughs> of yeah, them right, into a deck right like i have all these things so where like is literally it, you know? the only deck i want to have tamio in it's it's in my brutal clad deck but that's because i could turn the worthless clues into anything else or if you need a tutor you could turn apologize. everything into a clue, clue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes sense <laughs> see that type of stuff when you do token manipulation i think tamio has a home in it but just uh be like oh i can tutor now no yeah it's fair point yeah that's fair all right hey it's your deck bring us home what's your final cut what are you going to add? Okay, so your card that you wanted to add was $2. Your card... $3. $3. That's a total of $5. I am multiple numbers times higher than that. <laughs> wow. So this is a pipe dream, so it doesn't even really matter what I want to cut. So let's just... <laughs> let's Pick just card. Yeah, empowered it. auto generator. I'm going to cut All it anyway. Right, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's cut it for the pipe dream. We're going back to the early days of Magic, and we're going to talk about Force Field. Oh. oh my god. So I haven't even heard of this. Card. Oh, it's good. So oh, it's quite its good. ability is you can pay one mana to only lose one life to an unblocked creature. So I mean it's a good deterrent for people att- attacking sure. me. It's good defensive. The card right now is sitting at around nine hundred dollars. Uh there's a uh, 
unlimited edition you get for two fifty. We go into the internet. Coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it now. Budget two fifty. I've seen some yeah. square borders potentially 70. for seventy. Ooh, yeah. Heavily played one seventy. Whoa! There you go. Away. There you go. All yeah, right, Franklin's give away free. <laughs> Fog effects, baby. Love yeah. it. Cards just. I owned one in the past, <gasps> and it was really, really cool to actually use. I ended up How does selling it, feel it for right like, now. Well, I mean, at the time, I sold it for about one hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Okay, so yeah, it okay. felt <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm kind of sad now, but you know, right. for for the average being around where it is, but it's just it just does what I want to do with Emrakul. It like protects me while I'm trying to set up. It would it would be a really good card to add to the deck, but pipe dream. Yeah, and we can have them. And it's a piece of magic history. Now, granted, this card, because I've never seen it, <laughs> is so good that, honestly, it very well could have a home in a lot of decks. So yeah. you could go by our standard rule. You might have just cost Mr. Combo about $2,000. And then <laughs> you playtest them into other decks. Uh, because, I mean, heck, I'd love this in my... Ah, uh, but it is to you, so it wouldn't really work in my Atraxa deck. A lot of other decks, though. I'd be happy with it. I agree. A good it's, five it's to awesome. ten, maybe? Yeah. I wonder if there's any gold borders of this floating around out there. Yeah, there is. $65.99. And you would also, that is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and it's square, too. It's even better. Well, you know what's even better? The fact that we're out of this nightmare. We're done with all <laughs> colors. No one's friends in. anymore. Yeah. Uh, so here's some detail, uh, details about the giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're going to be giving away that Chaos Draft Set, which will include four CMD Tower playmats, four packs of sleeves, and four random pre-release kits. We've been announcing like one each time. This is the last one of the month. But I honestly forgot, and I didn't write it down, so that'll be a mystery, too. Tents <laughs> are super simple. Just help promote the content that we produce. Uh, you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media, and we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News August 4th and the media platform soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're going to be doing these giveaways every month as long as you guys keep supporting us and supporting Level 1. Uh, it will never be something like this again, maybe next year, but it could be a nice, foily, artist-proof expropriate that the goad here actually won early on when no one was actually listening to us. Yeah. Uh, helps to be an early adopter. Uh, or it could even be a custom deck that uh, the, the collective will put together. Just have to see what Level 1 can help us out with. But we would love some positive feedback on whatever platform you're consuming us on. If you enjoyed it, five stars, leave reviews. If you hate it, suck it. <laughs> if you would like to reach out to us and also know more ways that you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. I'll spell out, except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach your begrudgingly self? I'm still on Twitter at Big Tuck tweeting. I think I had one person hey, respond hey, to me big this week. week. Big so, week. Yeah, so that made me feel pretty good. Uh, still progression on there is a great way to put it. Uh, you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can also go to our website where we will have the deck list and all the cuts and everything posted at cmdtower.com. Basically, all you got to type in Cavernous Souls, Mikokokoro, mm -hmm. Center of the Sea, uh huh, uh huh, Dreamstone Hedron, Tower.com. Well played. I also, I also just realized it's kind of an insult that Cavernous Souls is in this deck, but that's, that's a nice <laughs> <laughs> that's Speedy if people want to find out how to get a hold of yourself, how would they do that? Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records, or uh, screw it. I mean, I'm on Twitter. Go ahead. Look for me. You'll find me there. But email me, please. It's at DearSquee at CMDTower.com. 
the questions are coming in. The question answers will be coming out. You're going to see them. Enjoy them. Uh, you know, you're not going to hear what you thought you were going to hear from the answers that you're going to get, but you might enjoy it. All right. That was uh, that was some rambling. I liked it. But have you come up with a name yet for your corner? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, hopefully that article series will be debuting in the beginning of August. With vacations and stuff, we still have to kind of design the format. But be on the lookout. Uh, I'm sure Squee and the main account will post when that stuff is public. For sure. He can also handle all your audio needs and does have a full studio present by the fact that we're here in the KC oh, metro it's area. Nice. It's really uh, nice. He just can't help you for the next week and a half because he'll be gone. Well, I yeah. guess by the time this airs, he'll be back. So suck it. Time for Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the time <laughs> continuum. Uh, if you want to support the show uh, further, as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower. So do that. You came from the collective. Oh, eat that, Mike. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store with uh, high accuracy ratings, good pricing. They're awesome people. They're the ones that hook us up with these giveaways for you guys each month. So just let them know that it's worth doing. So that way they keep giving us stuff to give to you guys. Uh, but if you wanted to help us directly financially, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have several different reward tiers from just getting access to the Discord to maybe getting to a stretch goal to where you could be on the brews and builds this content we're producing, um, <laughs> as well as get other sweet swag from us as well. Plus, you do get additional entries into the monthly giveaways. So I know I've had some people reach out and say, hey, I hate social media with a passion. How can I get more entries? Just Sounds be a like patron. big tech. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music you guys always provide. One day you may be replaced, but that day is not today. So, Goad, you did it. You finally made us whole, <laughs> even though our friendship is ruined. Because we had to talk about Emerald, the promised dot, dot, dot friendship. It's not friendship, Goad! <laughs> How do you feel? You know... It was a lot of fun. I was it was it was a it was a real honor to be a part of the Path of Thirty Two. Really enjoyed being on the podcast, talking with this deck with you guys. So again, I mean, thanks for having me. It was yeah, a lot no, of fun for sure. And I hope the viewers out there enjoyed hearing about the friendliest deck in our playgroup. Don't listen to him; he's lying to you. He's lying right <laughs> well, through the mic. I will agree with that. <laughs> it is a lie. Well, Tuck, how do you feel? Uh, no, it's it's fun. Um, so I think this is the deck that I've seen that's colorless, that's not artifact themed, that actually wins yeah, the most. Fair. So um, it's fun. It was fun to like, kind of look through. I've actually never like picked it up and looked through. So I think there's some really interesting stuff in here. Um, I think this is probably on the fringe of how interesting a colorless Eldrazi deck can get. So probably. I mean, I'm very glad that we don't have to talk about either of ours. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We say that, and then we end up talking yeah. about, you know, you said we were never to talk about Episode the video. Episode yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. fair point. We'll just have to wait until after Zendikar Rising comes out, and maybe there'll be some new stuff in there. Without further ado, guys, we've brought it to a closure. Good night. Good night.